we don't see any negotiation here. We don't see uh, anything that needs to be discussed. It's pretty simple and it's pretty straightforward. Uh, we believe that Congress has a constitutional duty to get this done. The president's stance on uh, negotiation stance, stands, right, which is he does not believe as it relates to the debt ceiling uh, that we should be negotiating. We've been very clear. We're not going to negotiate on the debt ceiling. He never came to the table to negotiate on the debt ceiling. That was not something that occurred. That is not something that's happening. We've been very clear. We're not negotiating around the debt ceiling. When you think about the debt limit, it is not negotiable. We should not be negotiating on the debt ceiling. There's no negotiation uh, that we will be having. The debt ceiling, it should be done without negotiation. There should be no negotiation. It should be done without conditions. We should not have to negotiate on this. Look, we've been very clear. We're not going to negotiate. We're just not going to negotiate on that. As the president said yesterday, he's happy to meet with Speaker McCarthy but not on whether or not the debt limit gets extended. That is not negotiable, and we have been very clear about this. The president said he's happy to meet with McCarthy, but not on whether or not the debt limit gets extended. That's not negotiable. He is not going to negotiate on the debt ceiling. Been very clear. That is not going to change. I mean, we've been very clear. Uh, look, uh, there shouldn't be negotiations. This is not negotiable. We are not going to negotiate. There's no negotiating around the debt limit. It is May 25th, 2023. Welcome to The Daily Rob. You can find Rob all across the internet. Check the, all my links. It has all of his socials. And without further ado, the man, the myth, the legend, and culture's hero, Jesse Kelly's retweeting him, the one and only Rob Smith. Well, you know, Stu, who else I'm the hero of? Anna Mae Bullock. Y'all probably know her as Tina Turner. Well, Stu... Now that she's passed away, I can let go of some family secrets here. You know, that was that movie about how Ike abused her and she left Ike. It's not exactly what happened. She had a thing for me, Steph. And that's why she left Ike. Uh, I still got a lot of, of her things over here. Um, I don't know what to do with all these negligees and things. Um, if anybody out there of the Bullock slash Turner family knows where to return all these things please let me know i'm at a stage where I, oprah you can get emotional when you start to talk about that to be able to get to this stage and say even when it's time to leave and go to another planet yeah excited about that because i'm curious yeah i want to <laughs> know what's what is it about? Yeah. <laughs> you know, nobody can tell you. Yeah. Because nobody has come back to. So I'm, I'm not excited about to die, but I don't, I don't regret it when it's time for me. I, I've done what I came here to do. Yeah. Now it's pleasure. Uh, lots going on today, Stu. Um, Governor DeSantis uh, formally entered the 2024 presidential election, filed his FEC paperwork right before this goes to production um 6 p.m tonight uh he's going to be on with elon musk and i must say Stu, um i'm warming up to him um you know president trump makes some really stupid decisions uh, with his mouth uh, he doesn't have to say a word and he'll likely win the nomination but he um he immediately has to trash DeSantis. I don't think there's anything good that comes out of that. Uh, the other day, he trashed him at talking about DeSantis's COVID policy. We spoke about this when it was Trump who shut the country down. Um, and if mm, it's just um, anyway, there are lots of pros and cons 
to both. I think DeSantis is better on the cultural, you know, the non-woke issues than Trump is. Trump being a New Yorker is kind of more open-minded and progressive about those types of things. Um, um, I think DeSantis probably has a an appeal to a part of the base that Trump will never get. But then again, Trump brings in the crowds. And I have to admit, I, I'm always a loyalty guy. And seeing what the left has done to Trump and how far and how he's had to fight back, there's great amount of sympathy for me, uh, for me for him. Uh, but I think it's interesting, Stu, and um, you know I think it's always healthy for two people doing the debate. I just hope Trump is going to ruin the chances of the Republicans to win if he doesn't act more. You can still criticize. Uh, but you can have a civil debate and do things in a gentlemanly way. I mean, these are people on his team. I don't care how he bashes the left, but these are people on his team. And there's a certain amount of tactfulness that he could employ. And when he doesn't employ it, he really hurts himself, I think. What say you, Stu? Or should I use the Brutus? A2, Stu? <laughs> well... The person I'm most excited about uh, when it comes to the Republican nominees is Vivek Ramaswamy. He says everything right, but then again, he doesn't have a proven record of being in politics the way DeSantis or Trump is. If I think he would be the VP pick for either one of them, depending on what moves forward. But I, I want him to be debating with those two guys. I think it makes everyone better and kind of like what you said, you know, iron sharpens iron. And so I think he's a presence that I want out there. But, you know, I I agree with you where Trump's COVID stances almost bury him for me as a candidate. But, you know, when we get deep into DeSantis's history, DeSantis's foreign policy choices, you know, I don't like him as much. So I'm well, a vote all that's Trump ready to be has won. to do is apologize and tell the truth. I think what would be the truth about his COVID policy and just say he was snuckered by Anthony Fauci. You know, he was put in a bad position. And I know now that I shouldn't have done this. That would be enough, uh, I think, to get a lot of us over that hump. But when he starts bragging about what he did, that's... Mm, Got a problem with that, Stu. All right, Stu, moving on. Uh, this is just, well, Kareem Jean-Pierre, you know, they're talking about the debt, debt ceiling now. And it's just amazing how the Democrats can just lie about, oh, will it be a recession? Millions of jobs will be lost. All your benefits will be taken away, blah, 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 blah. So a few things that I want to say about the current state of play on budget negotiations and averting default. So for starters, this is a manufactured crisis, plain and simple. That's what we're seeing currently. That's what we've been dealing with for the past couple of weeks, a manufactured crisis. And don't take our word for it. Just listen to members of the House Freedom Caucus. They've been very honest about this and are now openly, they're saying the quiet thing out loud, referring to the full faith and credit of the United States as a hostage. But I, I do want to be clear here. Averting default is the responsibility of every single member of Congress. Think about what's at stake here. 
And that's what we've been doing. We've been laying out for weeks, for months, what is at stake. A default would have catastrophic impacts in every single part of this country, whether you're in a red state or in a blue state. It doesn't matter. Every single part of the country. We're talking about millions of jobs lost, devastated retirement accounts, and a recession. We've also heard some House Republicans refer to preventing default as the only concession they are willing to make. But preventing a catastrophic default is not a concession, it's their job, period. And let's be clear about what Republicans are demanding in exchange for doing their job and preventing a default. Earlier this year, they put forward an extreme package of devastating cuts that would slash supporting support for education, law enforcement, food assistance. The list goes on and on and on and on by what now would be about 30%. That is not at all what the American people want. That is not what they deserve. That is not what they're asking for. And the president has made clear, he's made this very clear that that is not happening on his watch. House Republicans have said we need to make these cuts in the name of fiscal responsibility and deficit reduction. But that's not what this is about. That's never been what this is about for them. Well, first of all, June 1, they say, is the deadline. But the Treasury has lots of things it can do. Um, now, Kevin McCarthy holds all the cards. And I just plead with him, plead with him to do some brinkmanship and don't be a pussy. Because if you're not a pussy this time and you really do the brinkmanship thing, you're holding all the cards. The next time anything comes up like this, the other side knows who they're playing with. Just remember that. This is just unbelievable, Stu. In light of the Target stuff, in, in light of the Bud Light stuff, North Face has has unveiled a new ad featuring Drag Queen for Pride Month. Hi, it's me, Patagonia, a real-life homosexual. And today, I'm here with the North Face. We are here to invite you to come out in nature with us. Wow, this is nice. We like to call this little tour the Summer of Pride. This tour has everything. Hiking, community, art, lesbians, lesbians making art. Last year, we gay saw shade across the nation and celebrated pride across the nation with hundreds of you across the nation. This year, we're back, back, back again with two new stops. Atlanta, GA. Why? Because you're there. In Salt Lake City, we're coming for you. Hi, here we of course! This year, all these fabulous speakers will be coming from inside this TV to a nature near you. So come outside and celebrate the beautiful LGHG TV community. This is pretty gay. It's just shocking to me that they think this is going to appeal to a, a customer base that likes to be outside and kind of, to me, has somewhat of a rugged persona. I mean, who in these marketing departments is connected to their client base? I'll tell you one thing. I ain't buying nothing from North Face. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, says that Treasury is hiding human sex trafficking documents on Hunter Biden 
with names, addresses, phone numbers of people involved in prostitution rings, including Russians and Ukrainians. Nancy Mace came, have said in these reports as you've gone through them, mm-hmm. the thickest file is in what you guys call human trafficking. Yes. People's heads blow up when they see that. And, and I'm sure as you and Congressman Mace have gone through mm-hmm. and looked at these things that, that the bank sent to Treasury, mm-hmm. The thickest file you go through is related to human traffic. What does that mean? Let me be clear. It's not us labeling it human sex trafficking. Those are the words used in the reports. Hang on for a second. They have a a summary report, and it says human sex trafficking in the report. In the report. In black letter. Yes. It also says known prostitution rings. Yeah, that's what it says in these reports, sitting in are Treasury. Are these domestic or international? These are both. These are related to Hunter Biden and his law firm. His law firm with transactions, paying people who were Wells Fargo customers who were involved in a known known prostitution ring and what appears to be alleged human sex trafficking. I am quoting the report when I say that. And so the Ukrainians involved in this stuff too. And again, the reason you don't hire hookers, you don't behave in this way with foreign governments or anybody, uh, is because they can blackmail you. And here we are giving $100 billion to the Ukrainians, and we know that Hunter was involved in the Ukrainian prostitution and sex trafficking ring. Now, Stu, does that not maybe raise some red flags and some questions? Black Lives Matters. As reported, it's 990 form. It's 900 form, I think it's called, where these nonprofits have to report their financial statements. And uh, they lost about nine million bucks. They've almost they spent through about 60 percent or more of what they've raised. Um, they're still playing, paying massive salaries to to Patricia Cullors and her entourage. You remember, she didn't want to disclose any of this because she says it's triggering to disclose their financial information, even though two million other people do it uh, through these nonprofits all year long. For her, it's triggering and she shouldn't have to do it because it's racist and misogynist, of course. Of course, she bought $12 million of homes, <laughs> has nothing to do with the purpose, uh, it shouldn't be taxed deductible, but she continues to do it. I predict in another year they'll be gone or in bankruptcy, and nobody will do anything. Another unhinged college professor, you may have seen uh, where this lady, lady, woman, but anyway, her name is uh, Shalene Rodriguez. She's a teacher of something, I'm sure something inconsequential and nonsensical at Hunter College in New York. And the other day on campus, some people had a, an anti-abortion booth where they were passing out literature showing people some of the science behind abortion and and advocating against it, or at least on a um, a, a limited time to have one. She goes up and she says, fuck shit, you know, just cusses them out. And then she knocks all the stuff off their table basically uh, assaults them. You're not educating shit. This is fucking propaganda. What are you gonna do, like anti-trans next? Is that what you're gonna do next? I mean, no, we're we're talking about abortion. This is bullshit. This is violent. You're triggering my students. I'm sorry.
sorry about that. You're, no, you're not. Because you I'm can't sorry, even I'm have a fucking baby. So you don't even know what that is. You don't even know what this is. Get this shit the fuck out of here, bro. This shit. Well, Stu, I wrote to the president of Hunter College, and then this morning I heard that she had been fired. Well, Stu, I'd like to take credit for it, but uh, last night, I think, or, or yesterday, a New York Post reporter knocked on her door to ask her some questions about what she had done um, by knocking over all the literature at the, the anti-abortion booth. She came out with a machete and said that she was going to cut him into little pieces. Get the f away from my door. Let's let's get out of here. You can't do that. Get the f away from my door. Get the f away from my door. Let's let's get out of here. This is a college professor. See, Stu, you can't. They're unhinged. And you cannot have any kind of civil debate because they've never been challenged in their lives being in the academic bubble. So when somebody actually asks them a question that they might have to give an answer, they bring out a machete and threaten to kill the reporter. That's what I got, Stu. That's problematic!